Hi, this is Stuttering John Melendez from The Howard Stern Show. And for some really stupid reason, you're listening... Insufferable Bastards. Great name for a podcast, morons. Thanks, John. Perfect, the perfectly fine... Insufferable Bastards. For those of you that are into podcasts, like to listen to that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, you know... All right. Speaking of people you don't want to hang out with, I happened to stumble across this show on YouTube called Insufferable Bastards. Mm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Insufferable Bastards. My name is Carlos Danger, and I'm joined by my co-host in person for the first time since, since September 2021, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. And we have a very, I'm going to turn off the music, right? Because this man, this guest demands our full attention. Making a return appearance after an absence of several years. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Beasley. What's going on? Hello, Glenn. Welcome back to the broadcast. Yeah. Has it been that long? Jeez. I think, yeah. Spookies was the last time, right? Yes, we did a bunch of episodes with you about Spookies, the documentary that you made about the making of Spookies with Mike Gingold. It was right sort of at the beginning of your, I guess, what, second career, third career as a documentarian. Yeah, that was, that was really when things started to kick in. We've been doing it for a while before that, but that was really the first big one that got a lot of attention. Yeah, that was huge. That was uh, for a long time. That it was gave you some legitimacy. That was our most listened to podcast for a while. We kept, we kept, I kept putting spookies in every title. Anything we did on YouTube, spookies, spookies, spookies. Yeah. We're in some playlists on YouTube. There's some like, and I didn't realize spookies had such a, a true cult following. There is a playlist on on YouTube of all anything that mentions spookies goes into this playlist, and we're there. Nice. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's either good or bad. So, yeah, so so people who don't know, like Glenn Baisley uh, was an independent filmmaker, and now he's a documentarian. He works a lot with Mike Gingold, formerly of Fangoria Magazine, now a freelance horror journalist. Probably, like, at this point, he's the granddad, right? He's the senior statesman of horror slash entertainment journalism, and I would say. he's definitely, like, the last of the print guys you know what i mean he's still got that print mentality he's got the ethics he doesn't you know he checks his information he uses a dictionary all things that a lot of writers don't do nowadays that are writing for whatever and that's oh here's a little side note i started listening to this podcast about the rise and fall of harry knowles and ain't it cool news okay and there's a guy had no standards at all he says mike gingold is the opposite yes yes yes. of harry knowles or Harry Knowles, whatever the hell his name is. And then Glenn's been, uh, you know, working with him for, he knew Mike well before that. And uh, then they formed, uh, I guess, making these little movies about the making of movies. And apparently Glenn is is, is rolling in the dough. Let's just not let him talk. This is I know he hard. had, a, he had Let's to, just talk uh, about him like he's he not on the show. He had to blur his background because of all these trophies and Rondo awards and... Uh, I don't know what's, Money. what's behind there. There's like piles of cash yes. and cocaine. Is that, a, is that a new pool I'm seeing? Is that the... Uh... We're doing this on <laughs> Zoom. 
There's all yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But uh, now, with the like bays. legitimately, like I made fun of Glenn right. for uh, years because you know I I worked with him, so I know the real Glenn. Oh God, but we're gonna I get made, into this right away. I made, I made fun of Glenn for years about, and now he's like a legitimate filmmaker. Oh, Glenn, how does that make you feel to finally have this son of a I, bitch? I mean, he's to finally get some validation after what? How many years? I mean, twenty we, we years. Worked on Tenement, what two thousand? You're a, a horrible filmmaker, but you're a very good documentarian. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So oh, I guess I'll take that. The latest thing Glenn has going on right now, and yet, look, I'm jealous of Glenn because he has a YouTube page. And, and every once in a while, it's not like Glenn is a YouTuber by any means, but every once in a while, he'll throw something uh, on YouTube and he gets more views in like five minutes than we do in four years. And it pisses me off. I'm gonna yeah, I know, but he does all that geeky stuff. He's a, yeah, he's such a, I mean, I thought Pint of Comics was geeky. Glenn, Glenn is, is like uber geeky. So the latest thing you have, right? So you're making so much money. You're now backing a video game. You have extra cash lying around. Yeah, there's a recession and COVID and the entire world's economy has constricted to the point where there's mass layoffs. The economy has changed uh, as we know it. Brick and mortar stores closing left and right. Glenn is spending his money getting into video games. He knows where it's at. So yeah, there, yeah. there's a game. All right, now we'll start, to, we'll start to let Glenn talk, I guess. There's a new well, video game on Steam, right? That's called, what's yeah. it called? Pew, pew, bang, bang? Bang, bang, pew, pew. Bang, bang, pew, pew. And you're a backer of this, correct? Yeah, it was a Kickstarter backer. Actually, one, one thing I just want to tell you, to real, which I think is pretty funny, and I stumbled across this pretty recently. You keep talking, making jokes about pools and stuff and my money. If you Google me and you put my net worth in, it comes up as $13 million. I was like, I could. Oh, I think wow, I laughed out. We did not out. do that. Yeah, I, I, it's this, it's hysterical, and I'm like, where? It just goes to show the internet's so correct. You know, I wish I had 13 million dollars, but anyway. Um, so no, bang bang home Q -Q, I, I, I'm a huge fan of retro gaming. That's like one of my my big hobbies. Um, always been a big fan of light gun games like House of the Dead and Time Crisis. You know, okay, wait, what's a light gun? Game? Yeah, what's a light gun? We have what no is idea. So, all right, think of the remember the old Nintendo Duck Hunt. Had the does we had the what Nintendo Zapper and you okay. shot and played Duck Hunt. Oh, that's a light gun. So light guns, pretty much. Um, you saw light guns as you got up through you know the very early consoles. When you started to get around like the PlayStation era, the problem was the original light guns were used CRT tubes, right? And then we start to switch well, over. Well, to what's the, hold on, what's CRT what tubes? The, what is that? CRT is your old fashioned. We all grew up with them. You know, your old glass TV, glass screen TVs. Oh, CRT okay. Tube. All right. So that's all your original light gun games were off of uh, CRT tubes. As we got into the console area with, uh, era with the early PlayStation, they they would have sensors like the Wii. You know, the um, the Wii uh, console had the, you know, the Wii motes and it used a sensor. Well, there were some of them like the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Dreamcast. They all use similar technologies because by that era, you know, CRT tubes were phased out. Everything was moving into LCD and now we're LED. And the problem is with LED for a very, very long time, there was no light gun technology whatsoever that would work 
with uh, modern TVs just wouldn't work. And so, you know, it's starting like vinyl made a comeback, you know, uh, in the retro yeah. gaming space, retro games really have made a big comeback in the last several years. You know, and these the are these arcades. things like I, I've spied on your page, even though you, you've, you know, you've unfriended me and I can't communicate Did with I? you uh, oh, via Facebook because you've blocked me. <laughs> but you, but I do watch your YouTube channel. You're talking, you have the, you have the old fashioned, arcade games right? these are the stand-up things you're doing this crap on yeah yeah well there, there's multi-cades that have been released like arcade one up you can buy them at walmart at games makes them and you know you right, can buy can I ask you a question? hold on hold on yep. slow down slow down can you yep. the, that thing that you can get a, like a like a walmart that looks like a mm -hmm. stand-up game is then do you retrofit that or do you add stuff to that or have some, I have yeah, some question. people hold on hold some on, people do hold on them. hold on yeah. if i was to buy one for a family mm -hmm. member then do like a guy like you, can you get things and like make it better than it is? Or is that like when I'm buying, that's what you're buying. Aren't they like a yeah, thousand so, bucks a pop? No, no. It depends on what you get. So like arcade one up will make a system that comes with maybe anywhere from three to a dozen games. And that's what you get. And you know, if you're handy, you know, technical skills, you can mod them and add more to them. Then there's a company called at games that makes a multi-cade where you can, you know, you can have a little bit, not much technical know-how. I mean, I can do it. It's pretty easy to, you can watch a YouTube video. But anyway, long story short, you could basically take a USB drive, plug it into the slot on it, and get thousands of games. That's if you were going to buy it for a family member, you wanted to expand it, and you had no technical know-how, that odd games is the one to get. Like, you can get, and you can pick up one of those arcades for six to 700 bucks at oh. Sam's Club. And uh, it's See, got I just, a thousand bucks a pop, yeah, six wow. or seven hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. All right, so let's go back but to what PewDiePie. you're getting on it's pretty amazing considering a real arcade system. You know, they can go into thousands for a real yeah. arcade game, you know. But anyway, getting back to the light guns, so um, a company called Sindin uh, came out with a modern light gun. Uh, a few years back, and then there's gun for IR, and there's the you know AE light gun. There's, so there's a number of different technologies that have now surfaced, and light guns are making a big comeback. You know, you hook them up on a PC, and you can do it. I mean, I have my setup. I have a personal setup that I put together where I have probably three, four hundred light guns. Every vintage gun game you can think of. Wait, wait, wait bought, you bought X all these old guns? Or the games? No, I, 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 you, there are ways you can get them. The guns or the you have three hundred guns. Yeah, the games the, you're talking the, the about. The games, oh, okay. I, okay. Games, yeah. Games. There are some I legitimately own, but can, you know there are ways you can get them out there, just like anything else. One thing uh, about the the light gun, like how much does a light gun cost? Yeah, so a light gun, the light gun itself, um, when you buy, it's about they they started about three hundred bucks for a light gun. Okay. Um, okay. You can go up from there. Like, uh, what's really cool is. Um, there are people, there's a gun for IR, which is a company out there. They can do custom ones. Like one of the things I had wanted to get, which is really cool is, um, and uh, some people aren't that probably that familiar with it. They, they made this thing for like PlayStation, Xbox, and Wii was for the hunting games look like a rifle. Um, and had a scope and the whole thing on it. This, well, this guy could mod the damn thing and it's got, you know, force feedback, kickback, the whole thing in it. You, know, you want to spend 600 bucks, you can get it fully tricked out. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool, the different space, you know, of, of these things where you can do custom modifications like anything else. You know, the, yeah. as much money as you want to throw quick, at it, quick, the cooler it gets. A real quick thing. Um, yeah. 
I just wanted any single ladies to know that Glenn is married if he's turning you on now. Like, he is a married <laughs> man. So just, all right, now go back on to whatever nerd thing so, you're yeah. talking about. So, anyway, I love anything with light guns. Um, so, I had stumbled across on Kickstarter uh, a game called Bang Bang Pew Pew. And it's this guy that, uh, from it's Mulrat uh, Digital Art. Guy was a big fan of light guns, decided to started working on the concept in 2010. And as technology started coming back, decided to put out a game through Kickstarter, which is in the vein of uh, classic games like Point Blank and Zero Point, which are just skill based challenges. They'll come up with various challenges like skeet shoot or shoot the targets as fast as you can, all these different types of challenges. And in arcade mode, where you you got to be really fast and, and get the highest score you can by going through these challenges. And the better you do, the further you can get in the game. So it's something along that vein with much more modern twists for the challenges. Um, so I started looking at it, and I fell in love with the game and became a legendary backer. And one conversation led to another. And fifteen hundred bucks. And I yeah. So I and that was and the idea was design your own level, right? For for fifteen hundred bucks, you design. And I'm like. Yeah, so I'm like, well, that would be really cool because I've always wanted to be involved with a video game. The last one I had um, been involved with was called Hide or Die, and the game, they just didn't listen to their fans. It failed miserably, and the game's gone now. But from everything I was looking at, I'm like, wow, these guys really get it. They're passionate about what they do. They're really in tune with the fans. Um, I played the alpha for it. Alpha, for those aren't out, there's an early, early, early build before it's released to the public, and I'm like, they really get it. So I became a legendary backer through kickstarter and i started having conversations with them and they said hey well what about you know we they, they said we see you're into horror the whole thing and the conversation evolved in something more where i became more than just a kickstarter backer i ended up working with them now the, the core game was just released uh, you can get it through steam that's on pc you can play it with a, a mouse and keyboard, or if you have a light gun, you can play it via a light gun. So you don't have to have a light gun to be able to play and appreciate the game. Um, but anyway, I started having conversations with them. And now come this Halloween, they're going to do a DLC. It's downloadable expansion to the game, to the base game. Um, that's based on my light and dark movies. So I wrote an original story for the game, two actual original stories for the game. So one, as you play, the game and the introduction of each game, kind of like the old retro, maybe like Nintendo games, you see a scroll and it comes with a text and tells you the story before you start the level, has that original story at the beginning of the level. But then as you go throughout the game and you find hidden collectibles throughout the game, um, you unlock an additional story that tells a, a much lengthier story, which is the story that leads up to, it's sort of a prequel to the levels that you're actually playing. So I wrote two original stories. I also went, went back and shot original photography for each of the levels, brand new scenes that will open up each of the levels um, for this original story. It was shot at Bill Diamond Productions. Brian's putting uh, his hand up. Yes. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, let me switch back does, to my uh, screen. Does Mike Lane get a part in this? No. Well, well, there's, his there was character. No... His character. Or is it? No, it's, uh, this is a brand new story. Actually, the, the character I do bring back is the character of Winston Corman in the movies was played by Mike Gingold. Of so course. that character. You, you, job it. security. I get it, dude. I, I'm the same way. Wait, um, the, wait, the Black Rose Killer is not in this? The Black Rose Killer does play a part. Okay. Um, it, so it anybody who back... should probably uh, explain that Glenn made a bunch of independent horror movies in like the early 2000s. 
and the Black Rose Killer was essentially like his Leatherface or his Michael Myers. So yeah, it brings back brings back Relic from Tenement. It brings back um, the Sistine Slasher from the No Trespassing shorts that were on the Tenement disc and Fairview Falls disc, and it brings back the Black Rose Killer plus some new villains. Um, I like the story so much that I've actually been wheels have been spinning about how I can get a budget to actually shoot this into a new movie because it's it doesn't Wait a second, really. Though. Did you have yeah. a budget for any of those other movies? <laughs> hey, did you pay? That have you good. ever paid Brian the money? That was, you owe? That was good. Well, that leads into another sort of semi announcement. So, as you know, um, the movies have been long out of print. The only movie that you can still get is um, Fairview Falls on Demand through Amazon Video on Demand or the Insanity Edition, which is like the Fallout. You know, I threw everything against the wall to see what would stick extras. Um, I think Brian and I have like three drunken commentaries for one of the short films on Fairview Falls. Um, but that you can still get through my website. There's still a handful of copies left. But the, the cool news is, um, while I haven't inked any official agreement, it, it, it is going to happen, but it's not happening until sometime next year. I go into production this summer for a brand new documentary that will be part of um, a box set featuring basically every single thing I've ever done. Um, will come out in one inclu- all-inclusive box set sometime in 2023. Oh, wow. So will it include our our podcast interviews with you? Um, I don't know about that, but possibly may want to do some brand new commentaries uh, for it. And I thought it might be interesting to have the two light and dark world renowned experts that are on this podcast. I mean, we are, I mean, unofficially, we are probably the only. I know we saw it more than anyone else that oh, yeah, worked absolutely. on the movie. And, uh, I've actually had, I had a conversation within the week about Fairview Falls with, with my 11-year-old son. That's scary. We started, <laughs> we started talking about, because he's starting to get into movies, but he's got esoteric tastes, and somehow Glenn's name came up. Oh, really? And uh, Well, I think it was like, Glenn. Who is this guy? Because Glenn played uh, Dead by Daylight. My son likes oh, Dead okay, by Daylight, okay. but I'm like, no, I, I like Friday the 13th. Dead by Daylight is for is for posers. Okay. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. I love so Dead by Daylight. He he is a he's a fan of Glenn, and then at, started really? asking about That's his movies. Pretty funny. And yeah, because you know PC stuff too. So yeah, you're yeah. like a you're like a you're like you're like his imaginary godfather in some way. <laughs> so he has the same likes as a 10 year old <laughs> well you could tell you could tell him i'm a real loser because i'm closing on 2100 hours of dead by daylight now <laughs> and you you've never gone I, I play i have been playing friday the 13th the game almost every saturday night for four to five oh, wow. hours for the past since the pandemic began that's uh, crazy yeah you I, gotta I, have some serious hours in that now i've uh yeah and i, I fell in with a bunch of people who are, are like obsessed with it like i am uh, I'm gonna one, have to get back on that game one of these days with you. It was uh, one guy was at a. I mean, you met him. This guy Shane. Yeah, Shane. Shane T. LaFrench. Oh, he yeah. knows Nate ran, and we all hung yeah. out. We all met at the one of the horror conventions. It's that guy, and, and, and like his. Okay. Crew and I've never upstate New York. I've never played a video game, but I could tell you this story. Um, and I literally have never played. I don't even know. Like this whole episode, I'm kind of zoned out on. Um, but <laughs> I'm my, lost too. It is my like niece. A, uh, world I'm in. My niece was. The other day, like freaking out because she rented. Uh, there's a new uh, Resident Evil movie. Is that yeah, right? like Raccoon, Raccoon City, City or something? Yeah, the brand new one. You know, yeah, whatever. So she rented it with her mom, and they watched it. 
And then she was like, literally, she called me up to say how bad it was and had me come <laughs> over. And she was like, this was so bad. And uh, she showed me like videos like of the origin of the video game. And she was like, this was so different than the video. Like she was so upset because she's yeah. like, they're changing my story. Because I guess she loves uh, that. Her, I guess Resident Evil is one of her games. Yeah. Well, they merged the first two games into it, and then it, it starts yeah, out good and those made, dives really bad. They made like really like bad choices with the characters yeah, and absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the casting was bad. I, the, the only thing they got right is the sets feel pretty authentic to the game, but that's about it. So this yeah. is a real like hyper focused thing. Glenn is into as I'm watching all these people. It's a nice day. A lot, a lot of, a lot of traffic going by the house. It's weird to be doing this in daylight, in recording daylight, a podcast yeah. in daylight, not in my basement. But so, Glenn, what about uh, your other career as can a... I, can as, I interrupt? I'm sorry. It's also nice that, like, it's daylight. We're not we're not really yelling at Glenn yet. Like, oh, I'm trying to stop yet. that from I know, happening. I know. So this is like, Glenn got the first one. So right, we, yeah. Like, well, Glenn... Brian hey, just got here. Listen, Nobody's in a bad mood. Listen in... Uh, like probably six more episodes after we air this one, they're all going to be about you, like how angry we are, but you won't we'll be on the, you know, you'll we'll start be listing our grievances, but now, okay. So Glenn has also fallen into this other world. Like we mentioned where there is this, and again, this is not a world I'm familiar with, which doesn't make it bad, but it's just something I'm not, I'm just claiming my ignorance up front. There's this whole thing out there where like a vinegar syndrome and all these other companies are bringing back movies, obscure movies, at least to me that I've never really heard of and giving them a full DVD 4k treatment or whatever you want to call it, yeah. including like commentaries and behind the scenes like Glenn and Mike are doing. Mike and Glenn will go to where all these places were filmed and they'll do, or they'll do interviews with the cast and stuff like that. Which I mean, it's a. Th it seems like a thriving market for the last couple of years. It's not like a trend. It's not going away. I, I am so. a huge physical media fan. Uh, yeah, same and here. I, I am a. I still buy stuff. I yeah, but but. Okay, but, no, I'm sorry. No, no. What I was gonna say, I guess maybe in some people's view, I would have a more uh, snotty or what I think a better view of films. Or I, if I'm going to spend these fucking superhero movies, how many fucking more can they do? Sorry, I just want. I uh, I am more into you know maybe a '70s film, but not these weird '70s film. Well, that's my question, Glenn. Why is there this resurgence in things like, like New York Ninja? Is the one that jumps out at me because I don't yeah. know anything about it, and I I mean I was like, hey, look, when we were growing up, Brian and 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 Glenn were all around the same age. I think Glenn's about. 55 so he might have a he might have a couple, a couple years yeah. on us yeah but uh i don't remember there i don't remember new york ninja like i didn't experience that particular film. i don't experience half the movies that are kind of like going through a like a coolness factor a hipster factor so there's a whole slew like spookies i saw spookies and i'm not knocking anything i didn't think it was that seminal so i guess yeah, how is all these new seminal movies? Yeah, Glenn, out? what's going on in the culture? Who are the people that are buying this stuff and demanding yeah. that more of it be released? Well, I think there's a couple of factors at play. I mean, first off, is you look at a lot of the modern movies out there, and you know, with the exception of like you know, acclaimed directors like Coppola, things like that. I mean, most a lot of these modern movies suck, right? These so people are looking for something. Movies. 
A lot right. of people are looking, I think, for something different, you know, uh, instead of the same cookie cutter stuff that keeps getting churned out by by the studios. Then there's there's a there's a just a sector that love cult classics, love the obscure, and then there are film buffs, you know, especially that love again, you know, the cult classic things like that. So I mean, what what blows my mind, Vinegar Syndrome, for example, right, is they'll they have a membership. And they'll even do sales, um, like their Black Friday sales, where people will pre-order these titles without even knowing what they are, mm. just to have them. They'll buy everything, right? So it's like collectible. They just have to have it. So there are people that are just ravenous, you know, to want the obscure or stuff like that. And and thank God for companies like Vinegar Syndrome and Severn and Arrow, and because they're supporting physical media. A lot of these movies, like a Spookies. You know, I shouldn't say spookies because that's, but some of these uh, other movies like uh, Girls Night Out, for example, is one that's coming out that we did um, some interviews for Arrow Videos putting out. It comes out in May. That's a movie that certainly I don't think you're going to find in the mainstream and streaming. And certainly it's the kind of movie when you see it, it's, it's a slasher movie, but it's, it's sort of one of those more interesting, obscure slasher movies that there's really some interesting stories behind it. And that's one of the things I find is that, you know, if you think back about a lot of the seventies, eighties movies, the things that we grew up with, there tends to be more interesting stories around those movies than what you hear about any of these modern movies. And well, maybe it's because of the way they were shot or the cast or the grassroots behind them, or maybe they didn't have the kind of budgets, right? I just I, you think know, movies were made differently. And I think there was a, well, better- that's, yeah listen i also think some of them were going for like hey we're making a movie um whereas today they're trying to market something you know what i mean like that's, there's, there's just the a, there's because i i agree while i love and i again i'm a big physical media fan um so yeah. i love having the the making of the movie sometimes is more interesting mm-hmm. than the movie itself and i guess uh, while yeah. I, while i'm not as familiar with a lot of the titles that you guys work on I mean, I know them all just because I know nerdy f- film friends, and I think it's a snob thing. I think it's like, oh, let's make this movie cool, because you know, oh, like a hipster wise, thing. Like, like I think it really is kind of like you know, like vinyls back, vinyls back. You know, like who, yeah. Kubrick over Scorsese. I guess I like Scorsese better. You right. know, I find like a lot, like, and I'm not knocking it because a lot of these movies have cool old effects, and there's things that I like about them. I actually like what you're doing more on the disc than the actual movie yeah. you know what i mean well, i like to know more of the the stories that you're trying to explain exactly but like, i do for example, think it's like, sort of a douchey thing now to like like because you know what horror became cool like these are the same people that are are buying all these well discs, like the like the witch glenn glenn mentioned the word collectible and that seems to be yes a common denominator with yeah. everything these days it, it does and i mean look I, I i realize i'm an old man saying get off my lawn but I do feel like horror conventions used to be about hanging out with people, meeting new people. It's where I got to know Glenn. Yep. Glenn tried to assault me at least once. <laughs> tried to you know, throw punches at me. Like those were, That's why we were there. I know. Right? We're all hanging yeah. out. We'd all cram, cram into a room and we'd talk about movies. But now it's, it's, I mean, it was always a, it's been an autograph thing for a long time. But now these are collectibles of sort of that, that, that comic book mentality where you have to get so many things signed and you you got to display all your stuff it's permeated and invaded the horror world uh oh to, big to time a, yes to a, but but you know I, yeah I, I don't know but who am i to judge 
because uh, obviously well, it's there, the same thing huge... like the movies. I did. Well, yeah, the movies now, like even the even the AAA titles, they'll come out and have the steel books, which are collectible. But I mean, it's the same thing. Even like these more obscure titles are putting out. They'll have the the you know the um, uh, slip cases or the reversible slip cases, or they'll come with some kind of tchotchke or whatever. But you know, people like that. It's you know it's limited edition, especially then if it is a movie you like, it Look, drives sales even more. Like it, one of the guys I work with, he's all into slip covers. Like those are the things that go over the DVD. Mm-hmm. Now I have, I guess I have like a ton of them. Like, because I would be like, oh, I want this movie. I would buy, I'm a big like 80s horror geek. And I like, if it's a big effects film with making of, I'll buy it. I just take those things off and just put them in like a shelf. And he was like, you have all those? You know what I mean? Like, so I guess that's a huge deal. Yeah. Because he'll only buy like a used one if it has the slip cover or if it right. like, has all like i didn't i never knew that i didn't I, yeah well it's I like shout factory too it's like the first thousand customers or whatever for xyz movie you know will get the the limited edition poster by such and such artist so that's you know that's things to help drive sales and i think those are the things too because it doesn't really cost that much extra in the grand scheme of things but when you're dealing with small companies like you know vinegar syndrome is not a very big company shout factory none of these companies are really big companies so you know anything an incentive to help drive well, sales. i don't know shout factory is getting a like a pluto or it's gonna get it has its own channel on pluto and it has uh, i heard it's gonna have its own streaming service well they're all yeah. i mean these these dudes are they obviously know what that's the doing. way yeah that's why i'm recording a podcast with uh, you know in my <laughs> well my they, they have there. to well, let me, let me just, sorry, let, let, let me take, let me just ask, because we don't have that much time, right? Because we don't want to do this more than 30 minutes or so, because Glenn's a busy man. What titles do you have coming out with Gingold? What, what, what can people look forward to? Yeah, so Girls' Night Out is coming out in May. Uh, it comes out from Arrow. That's May 17th. Uh, recently, Don't Go in a House, which is a really good disc. That came out pretty recently. Uh, same thing with Wolfpack came out from Vinegar Syndrome pretty recently. Although Wolfpack, I don't know if you could really classify that as a, as a horror movie. It's an interesting one, though. It's basically a Nazi-inspired quarterback or uh, NFL team, or not an NFL team, um, football team taking over a high school. So it's you know it's got very and it was written by a high school teacher. So that was one of the reasons why we were allowed to go in and shoot inside the high school. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Uh, what are some of the things you've done for these upcoming releases? Yeah. So, yeah. So again, Wolfpack, it's got the locations featurette. Um, Girls Night Out, it's got an original, a new brand new interview with, with uh, two of the main cast members on it. Don't go in the house. Uh, He's got um, interviews and locations feature at that one. We really, really, really lucked out with, um, the the house that was used in Don't Go in the House is in uh, New Jersey. It's the Strauss Mansion in Atlantic Highlands, and um, which is actually cool. I don't know if they're going to do it in the wake of COVID, if they're going to do it anytime soon, but they would actually do around Halloween, they would actually do an event where you go in and watch the movie and they would have scares while you're watching the movie, which I think is really cool. Um, but they were super cool. They actually gave us a full tour of the house, including areas you can't, as somebody would just walk in, like, you know, you or Brian went there, you couldn't get into certain sections of the house. Of course, we were allowed of course. to go into certain sections because it yeah, was why is it gotta be, Why did me and Brian have yeah, to Yeah, why is it us, man? Like, oh. Well, I'm saying Joe Public, if you will, you know, because yeah. certain parts of the house were under construction. I know I'm not know, a legendary exactly sponsor, safe. but. Yeah, <laughs> and the, it, this, it actually brings us to the, uh, brings me to the next point. I'll let you finish, but I, I wanted to revisit the Fairview Falls screening and how you stopped yourself from shooting 
Brian and I in the head. But all right, so finish up. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we were allowed to go into um, all every part of the of the the house, which is really really cool, um, led by one of the um, the historians of the mansion. It's all right, wait. Let me, yeah, now let's crazy. end it on this because I'm gonna I'm running out of space on yeah. my, uh, my my disc thing that I, I just realized. Mm -hmm. But all right, so back in the day, you premiered Fairview Falls. We probably talked about this on past episodes, but let's revisit it. So me and Brian show up at your premiere with Joe Greenberg, the former uh, co-host of this show or tri-host, whatever that is. The three of us uh, launched this podcast. It was Joe's idea. We used to be called the Mobile Horror Companion. We traveled to the bowels of like Poughkeepsie or Pauling, wherever the heck Poughkeepsie, you were. Yeah, right? it was a Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Yep. To watch, and that theater's closed now too, yeah. unfortunately. To watch Fairview Falls with the cast and, and Glenn, but... I'll just say Brian. Brian walked in like it was a party. He walked in like it was Woodstock I mean, 99. And which was the wrong vibe. It was the wrong attitude, apparently, to bring because people wanted to watch the movie because it had been a long, long time in the making. And here was the the premiere. And it wasn't like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Didn't people start yelling at you? You told me. Well, oh, yeah, we well that's like what I'm wondering. I, yeah. One guy, one guy threatened to. Right. It was the big the guy who played the guy. The guy who played the mafia guy, the tall mafia guy. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he wanted to hit me. He wanted to punch. You. How did you keep yourself, <laughs> though, from either physically attacking Brian or I don't or think I realized as much. I remember I remember hearing a couple of things, but maybe it's because I wasn't sitting so closely to you guys that I didn't realize how much you guys were, were talking or whatever throughout it. But I don't I don't remember um, getting do remember, angry. I, do you remember Brian snoring? Loud. No, I don't, yeah, don't. That, that's when I was like, "Oh, Brian's got a deviated septum." It was a whole medical. <laughs> yeah. Might explain. Well, I do might remember back from the convention days where we were all hole up in our hotels and him snoring. But well, and ironically, you guys would yell at me and wake me up because I would snore. He well, would it's snore always over. the guy that's awake that realizes that someone else's snores are loud. <laughs> like you know, we all were. We're all guilty. Look, of snores it. are better than waking up in the middle of the night and seeing something going on with people's feet. I don't even want to go in for that. <laughs> I'm still trying to recover from that. Oh, I'm but traumatized that I can't but unsee You were a that. part of it. What are you talking about? I, I know. Up. I can't unsee that, man. I just Pete, remember. Pete and Glenn are having a party of their own. But listen, oh, I, 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 look, I took no part in that. I just saw sat back and. I want to end this also. On, uh, giggled. I want to end this on a good note as well. <laughs> I've realized I've for years have made fun of like uh, Glenn being a horrible filmmaker. But <laughs> I'm going to say like I worked on your movies and they're horrible. But my makeups were just as bad in those movies, and maybe that's why you know. Let's I don't know. Well, I, I think. Mean, I think. Hey, can I finish? Now. Can I finish? They were still the best thing in your movie, but the uh, we both moved on from our beginnings and have you know exceeded our expectations and moved on to a much bigger pastures. Yeah. No, here, but look, I, I look. I look back at your your makeup, and I mean. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, those those made. Oh, I, I don't want it to compliment. Actually, let's forget that we work together. What I'm saying is, we're doing so much better. Let's forget yeah. that pat that pat. Well, I was about to pay you a compliment, and I look at what you're doing now, and it's like it's it's mind blowing. It's like anytime you know, like your name comes up, I always say, I was like, yeah, Brian Spears, the go to guy on the East Coast. You know, that's that's always how I. Anybody's not familiar with you, like I was having a conversation with my niece. You know who's looking to get into into the movies and just did her first movie in massachusetts did hair and makeup and i was like i got to introduce you my friend brian spears i said he's the go-to guy you know so well i can like, give oh my her, god let me just give her two things of advice uh oh i think i know what one well of them yeah yeah ahead. don't don't work with you 
And then uh, secondly, um, just to keep at it, um, it's, it'll be tough in the beginning. I mean, you know, yeah. I know where she's at. You know, it might not look. There's probably more work there than she thinks before she makes any sudden moves anywhere unless she can right. do that. You know, because you start out, you don't make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and you'll have to put in the time and the hours. I understand it. You know, it's way different now, but, you know, you have to just keep at it. And I don't think it'll be much of a big struggle. If she's talented, she'll get the work, let her work speak for herself and definitely don't make any more movies that, you know, she could work on. <laughs> well, that's the other I, thing. I mean, you, you know, Hey, uncle Glenn, why don't you just make a movie and hire her? There you go. You got an in-house makeup artist. Finally. Do you know how many people like there's not a month goes by like when are you making another movie? When are we going to work on another movie? I'm like, but I, see, I would those love to make are another the people movie. that don't watch your movies. <laughs> thanks, thanks. But yeah, so I mean, well, the video- no, but look, I'll I'll agree with you. I look back at some of the earlier movies, and there are a moment in time, and I don't shy away from what I did. There are moments I absolutely cringe at things I did, and I think I'm so much better now. And I think you know what I could bring to the table now would you know, if I have another budget to a real budget would be leaps and bounds beyond, but it's like, yeah, anything. but you it's know what, evolution. dude, maybe you should just be happy that like you have, I mean, you know that, yes, you need the time and the budget, but you know, now yeah. you can do these video game things and it's not, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I look, my next, the next thing I really want to get off the ground. And again, this is talking about another project that I have plans. I just, it's a matter of finding the time to do it is, I finally want to start doing the documentary about my, my cousin, um, the, yeah, the artist, artist, yes, Herb Trimpey. And I've started to do some early groundwork. I've talked, you know, I've reached out to people like Larry Hama, um, who've all agreed to do interviews. So those are the kind of things I'm hoping to start working on that this summer and maybe sometime in 2023, get that out there. But, um, that's one of the other projects. And because I've kind of found my niche or, or my, my groove with documentary stuff, I think that's something I really would like to do. And I think that's Plus, I'm passionate idea. about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about it. You know, my cousin you know was what? a hero of mine. Well, I would love to see that doc. I honestly would. Um, you've talked about him a lot. And I know, yeah. you know, the stories you've said, but I would love that because. My one complaint about every one of your movies, you're like eight feet tall, so you're always like tripoding it and like at a weird angle. Well, that works in documentaries, you know what I mean? So like you could just set up the tripod. But I would do that in documentaries. Hey, look, there's that certain style I had for certain, for better or for worse. I mean, you take Sins of the Father where I tried to make the whole thing voyeuristic and for better or worse, it didn't really work. But it, that was my idea uh, at the time, and you know. And I want to throw out a shout out to talking about the old light and dark days. I met the guy once, but I was sorry to hear that he had passed relatively recently. Michael Valenzano. Yes. Correct? Yeah, that was really yeah. who played. Who, he played, uh, who did he play? Oscar, Oscar Valentine. Oscar Valentine. Yep. In yeah. Fairview Falls. But and and he also started, I think he pops yeah. in other ones. Because, you know, like, let's shot them all oh, he's at the in, same yeah, time. He's so in 19 like, of them, but that's yeah. the one. That was his tour de force. Well, quick funny story about him is he was he showed up as an audition. He was an extra in Tenement and, and the scene with... Um, uh, where they they ridicule uh, they ripped Joe Oria. the Fango magazine. Yeah, they ripped the Fango magazine. I they like ridicule Joe Oria's character. Yeah, and he throws out the line. He goes, "I like cheese," which was just so random. But I ended up liking that little bit, and and just like Sal Searcha, right? Sal went on and I evolved them into larger characters. So 
the Oscar Valentine character evolved to the point where it was a main character was the villain in Fairview Falls, you know, and I was sad. I was sad to see his passing. I hadn't really talked to him as much in, in recent years, but we would touch base every now and then. And, you know, it was, it was a, it was a shame. Yeah. Young um, guy. I really thought he was very talented. Holy and it's like Joe, I thought it would have been nice to see him do more movies. Joe you know? Lauria was the star of basically Glenn's yeah. that was Glenn's Willem well, Dafoe. Now you say all this to tie this all in and to, you know, end on a positive note. Did you ever hear there's a, uh, a shutter show called cursed and they follow like cursed films i never thought <laughs> of that like, glenn, yeah, glenn, glenn, glenn. We, we're here's your niche glenn you has should, had some yeah more it's, people it's, that have worked on these movies have died it is kind or, of strange you know, like, yeah. in, in all seriousness it's it's a bummer i mean listen i'm talking yeah. to you with you know i have uh like a stroke thing now i don't remember as much you know or like, i've gotten uh, sick right yeah see, there you go. See, that's what i'm saying you have like you're uh, half the size of the, the Glenn that I knew. We were just watching clips of you and Mike Lane on yeah. a couch rubbing each other's bellies. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's re- let's end it on rubbing each I had other's that, bellies. But I had that on my phone. I had that on my phone. That that's something personal. You said. Okay, that's even more weird that you had that on your phone. <laughs> All right. All right, and and and, and with that, is I don't know the, the the Zoom is screwed up. So, All right, Glenn, I want to thank you. Yep very much for coming on it's been a long time and now let's not yeah, have such a such a long lull i'll have to unblock you now on facebook <laughs> I didn't realize you it's only been a decade and every time i bring it up <laughs> glenn's like oh i didn't uh oh i didn't know i didn't know i'm gonna have to i'm gonna see i'm gonna have to do that like right now see while we're, we're talking about it i think you reported me at one point i had to answer to the facebook police <laughs> Online harassment. I don't. Uh, right, here we go. I'm googling you or googling you, Glenn. Okay, if people I, want to find you, out, you, I just sent it to you. The, the request has officially been sent. If yeah, see, he did unfriend me. Son of, I, I was making all this up. <laughs> I didn't realize. So if if people want to find out more about what you and Mike are working on or what you're doing, yeah. is there anywhere that they can go? Do they? I guess light and dark on on. on uh, yeah, Facebook? light and dark. Yeah, Light and Dark Productions on Facebook. Um, I plug everything that's on there that we're working on. Um, and check out Bang Bang Pew Pew on Steam. You don't need a light gun for it. A lot of fun. Um, and you can play it multiplayer. Up to four four people can play. Take turns. Sounds good. Can't wait for that uh, X-rated content to come out. All right, so for <laughs> Brian Spears, I am Carlos Danger, and this was Insufferable Bastards.